Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very pleasant good morning to you. Hi, this is Patrick Timpone. Beautiful Monday morning here in the Texas Hill Country, the last day of October the 31th. And this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Tomorrow, Zoe Harkham. She's quite a very interesting uh, uh, researcher. I think she's out of England or somewhere. And uh, we're going to talk about um, some really cool, in-depth studies on this thing called fiber. And do you really need it? That's tomorrow. Also, uh, Bear Paul Londo, who's a uh, show me the show me the virus uh, thing as well as our guest this morning. He's a cool guy, and we'll be talking to him tomorrow. And also on Wednesday, first Monday, our first Wednesday of the month will be um, the Real World of Money with Fred Dashevsky, and talk about why you might want to get some gold and stuff in your in your underwear drawer. It's an honor to have Dr. Tom Cowan. He's one of my heroes. Uh, we t- spoke to Cowan years ago when he first brought out this idea of, uh, you know, the uh, the heart and the parasympathetic and sympathetic thing and got to know him a bit. And uh, he is uh, um, digging deep and has been with associates of his on Show Me the Virus, as you probably well know if, you, if you've been around the ranch for a while and um, he's written six books, Contagion Myth, The Biology of Water, uh, Human Heart, Cosmic Heart, uh, the, a book on vaccines, and, um, and then Duke University Summa Cum Laude, which I guess she means a smart guy. And um, he's, it's all about to question everything, the new biology on Dr. Tomlin, Thomas, on drtomcowan.com. I'll get it. Good morning, sir. Nice to, nice to have you here. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Patrick. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, we, we are fine. We finally got a little bit of rain. Have you all got some rain up that way? Uh, yeah, it was pretty dry in the summer, but then it's been raining a fair amount lately. So. Uh-huh. Now, you're in some oh, land. Do, do you have, uh, tell me about uh, what you do up there. You have cats and chickens and sheep, and what do you do up there? We have 23 acres, mostly cedar forest, which huh. is kind of fun. And we have trails through the forest. And then we have about a maybe an acre fenced-in garden with a big greenhouse. Huh. And uh, then about 2,500-foot beds. Some are wider and some are longer. Wow. And then we have another uh, area that's fenced in with like a little barn. We used to have three sheep, but two of them uh, met their maker, as they they say. (laughs) Yeah, they did. Now they're in the freezer. Yeah, (laughs) they went on to to bigger and better things. You know, I I look out my window here in in the west, uh, uh, just outside of Austin. All I see is cedar, and uh, they're not good for much here. Except so eating a lot of water, when you, you you kind of alluded to the idea, you kind of liked being around cedar. Uh, it wasn't the intention to be around cedar. It just uh, the the main thing was we liked the house, and we had this about two to three acre, basically flat area that we could put in the garden. Even though the soil isn't very good, I see. It's really it's hard clay, so we built up. So the beds are maybe this high, 
and that was a big project. So it's sort of importing compost, essentially. Yeah. But we had a really good year. We've got three freezers full of, you know, raspberries and strawberries and beans and meat and fats and wow. and a whole refrigerator full of fermented vegetables. So we have enough food for a year here, at least. You're good to go now. The the uh, the Dr. Tom uh, Cowan's powders that we promote on our website they're really wonderful. Where do you grow all those? Do you go? Do, do are those still in California? Uh, those are at various places. We basically sort of contract grow with hmm. different biodynamic farmers or different organic farmers, uh, depending on you know who can grow what for us and. I'm a little bit out of that loop now, you know, so I'm not sure exactly where everything is being grown, but it's basically small family farms that we mm -hmm. contract with. Mm -hmm. And how is it you can take some nice things like turmeric and other, uh, uh, the, the um, I like that ramp. That's pretty cool, the ramp. Yeah. How can you take those and put them in a jar without losing quality? How does that work? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, the, the, the principle that we did this was um, that we prepare whatever the food is based on what how you would cook it. Mm -hmm. So uh, as far as like ramps, ramps we use raw because they lose their flavor and they lose their quality if you cook them. So basically they're just uh, dried and then powdered and then put into these mirin jars and the mirin jars have a lot to do with maintaining the energy i.e the quality uh, whereas other ones like winter squash we would cook because you don't eat raw winter squash at least i don't <laughs> um, and so you would cook it until the time that you would eat it and then you dehydrate it at low temperature then and then you powder it and put it in the jars and, you know, drying food has been around for a long time. Hmm. People have always dried food. And if you do it at low temperature, I think it, I mean, it's hard to say, but I think it maintains the quality. And I basically always went on taste and smell. Yeah. You know, if it smells like ramps, I'm good. <laughs> and if it tastes like ramps, I'm good. And I don't trust chemical analysis because that is pretty much the same as fresh but that doesn't mean a whole lot to me i i go by what it smells and tastes like yeah that's pretty that's pretty basic that's a nice idea if it doesn't smell i mean yes. you don't have much going on do you yeah i mean that's how my cats do it <laughs> they evaluate whether they're going to eat something by what it smells like yeah 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 and, and they're mostly smarter than we are so and mostly so is my dog. She's lying right here. I have a golden doodle, and I just put it like a bone, and sometimes she'll just go, I, I don't want that, and, you know. Yeah. It's just, it's just not time, you know. And she, yeah. she, uh, she'll, she'll go sometimes two days without eating. Interesting. She just, yeah. she just won't eat. I said, okay, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah, so that's really, you know, it's, it's, you know, and and we're not making any medical claims for the powders. It's it's food. Yeah. yeah so yeah. and you know, 
as far as being able to get different seed flavors and nutrients, you know, that seems like a pretty good way to do it. Yeah, yeah, well, they're, they're, they're great fun. Uh, Dr. Tom Count is with us. If you care to join us, you can call 888-663-6386. Email patrick at oneradionetwork.com. There are more and more people around the world that are looking at this idea of uh, there is no virus, there is no bacteria, as you've learned at Duke University, I suspect. Um, what's well, been, there are bacteria. Oh, there are bacteria, but they, they don't do what they say they're going to do. Yeah. No, okay, right. okay. I almost got that, yeah. Um, so what has been, been your over experience overall with input from doctors and scientists around the world since you've been on this? Has it's been, um, tell me about what the kind of things you would, that incoming in your inbox. Um, you know, the, the main interest that we've had has come from what you could call the quote freedom community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's very interesting, uh, because what you find and i there's some very clear examples is that the range is everything from i learned this in medical school and or i learned this in my science training and i don't need your stupid studies i don't need any proof i can see that people get sick you know one after another that happened to my wife and and her children you know or Mm -hmm. whatever and so that's how it uh that's how i know this now i would just point out that that person which we've heard a lot of that is basically saying a i'm incompetent to do science and i want to stay like that uh, because i'm determined to not know and that's fine except i don't know why anybody would listen to somebody like that and then the the more knowledgeable members uh what they try to do which is actually i think uh i i like to use the wc field quotes mm-hmm. i don't know if you know that which one he said that if you can't dazzle them with brilliance baffle them with bullshit. <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> so so our our whole point is you know, and it, it's very simple, it, you know, and I, I get into, so if I asked you, Patrick, how do you know there's a tree? I see it. Right. But let me go through the process okay. here. Okay. So how do you know there's a tree? You you make a definition of a tree, right? Tree is, it got a trunk, it's got branches, leaves, you can't see the roots exactly, but it's got, you know, sometimes fruit, et cetera. There's various colors, et cetera. But you can make an accurate definition of the tree, mm-hmm. right? Then you go looking with your senses and see if you feel it, taste it, smell it, touch, you know, whatever, right? And if you do, and then sometimes you ask your friends, do you see that tree, right? And if 100% of the people say yes, and by the way, you do you go to the natural habitat of the tree, right? You go to a forest. You don't go to a desert and say, you don't see any trees, therefore trees don't exist. And so then everybody knows there's a tree, and we all agree with that, right? 
Same with a frog. You go, you make a definition of a frog. You go to the natural habitat of the frog. Got two legs, or you know, back legs. Goes ribbit and all the rest of it. Uh, you go to a wetland, right, or a pond, and you go looking for a frog. You may smell the frog. You see the frog. You can feel the frog. If you're mean, mean you can taste the frog. Uh, and then, if you want, you can characterize what a tree or frog is made of. Right? You can kill it. It's got this much proteins. This, you know, these leaves, etc. And then you can see what it does. That is better if you don't kill it. Like frogs eat eat flies, so you could watch the frog. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's how even a bacteria you can't see them, you can't feel them, you can't taste them. So you have to extend your senses with something like a microscope. Right. Yes. Sir. But still, you make a definition. It's got one cell. It's got some proteins. It's either circular, rod shaped, moves around. Go to a, your mouth or the wetlands, the soil, and you see millions of these bacteria. Nobody believes that's not that they don't exist. And then, if you want, you can take just a tree or just a frog or just a bacteria and study it to see what it does and what it's made of, right? Yes, sir. You can do that with nanoparticles. You know, if you want to say they exist, you you go to where they are, find it. It's hard, right? And so when it's something that you can't have a sensory experience of, every step you do, you have to make sure doesn't isn't con- making things that aren't there. Making things like that if aren't you put, there. If, so if you say, okay, I don't see this bacteria. So I put some hydrochloric acid in a thing, and then I see this circle. You have to make damn sure that putting hydrochloric acid in the solution didn't create the circle. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Because that's called an artifact. It's, it, and that's why you have to do a controlled experiment. You have to see if there's something about your procedure that made that thing appear. That's how we do science. That's how we know stuff. Now, you come to be- to viruses, you know, you can make a definition. It's very simple. There's this big. They have a protein coat, piece of genetic interior, self-replicating have to live inside cells all the all you know that's how they cause disease you go to all the natural habitats like a person with measles or a chicken pox blister or a dog with allegedly rabies or mm-hmm. somebody with covid mm-hmm. or somebody with influenza or somebody with her herpes etc there is not one published paper where you can find that thing that you defined in any fluid of any of those things now one no plant no yeah. animal no human there's no paper that has ever so you're you're doing the like the 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 dog or the cat or the the person or the measles as the natural habitat that's where it would be that's where it would yeah that's where it would say be. your lungs your lungs or or you know, with with AIDS, it's your lymph nodes or your blood. Yes, sir. Or with chicken pox, it's the blisters that come out, yeah. right? All right. So that's like saying, so Patrick, 
I believe there's a frugal. And a frugal is a thing that's like this, and it lives in ponds. And I go to every single pond in the world, and I don't see a frugal. Can't find one. There's just not one. We don't find no frugals. Wow. No, and 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 so here's the thing: every single person we've talked to, every virologist, every scientist, every medical doctor who uh, who says there's these viruses. If you say, is it true that you cannot find this thing called a virus in any fluid of any or tissue or cell or right. anything of any human plant or animal? Yes, it's true. They agree. They agree. Why can't you find it? Right? Is it a technical problem? Because they say you can find bacteriophages, which are the same size, shape, and consistency as what they say a virus is. That's when bacteria die, they make these little spores. Same size, same, same shape, and you can find them easily. So it's not a technical problem. So, and you can find nanoparticles. I talked with a analytical chemist and somebody said in one of my videos, he's a world expert in finding things that are so small and so volatile that if you expose them to light for like two seconds gone so he's an expert at finding this and because he he can do he does controls every step of the way otherwise nobody would publish his stuff so he looks at how at the virus right it's this big it's this stable etc he says wait a minute i could find every one in a week every single one why can't they find it well they and so you ask people you know all these scientists they tell us uh there's not enough there to see so you're gonna die from covid because of this virus they say there's 20 million per sneeze which means there's hundreds of billions in your lungs and and somehow you can't find it because there's not enough there. And I, and that's crazy, Patrick. I know it's crazy. It's crazy. And, and so then you say, well, what makes you believe you can find it's there? So here's what they say. Right. Yeah. Well, you can't find it. They agree. You can't find it. Any plant, animal, nobody disagrees with that. It's not there. So you take the snot right your lung stuff and you put it on a, a monkey kidney cell culture and you add kidney poisons take away the nutrients fetal bovine serum it's the serum sucked out of the heart of a cow and the kidney tissue breaks down right and you say that proves the virus was there that's how they do it in a that's, petri. That's how they do it in a petri dish or whatever. That that's called isolation. Oh, that's called isolation, right? Isolation of the virus. Now, if you ask, and I, I don't want to mention names, but the leaders of the holistic health community or the leaders of the freedom, how what 
how did you prove this this isolation actually is from the virus not from the antibiotics not from starving it not from the hundreds of things that are in your lungs right you didn't purify any virus out of there you just took lung goop from a sick person and put that on a, a petri dish with growing cells and they died and you claim that's that proves there's a virus any particular like, lung goop or nuts. was it just a lung goop at random it was just a lung goop at a, a lung goop from somebody they say has measles or covid <laughs> but they don't do a, a control would be lung goop minus the virus yeah. or just the virus or just the virus right or just a healthy person mm -hmm. they don't do that they just they don't they don't do it because they don't want to know and that <laughs> proves to them the virus is real and when you ask them you know the other day of one of well-known guys says we a friend of his asked him so how what is what do you mean by isolation he said well you have to ask them what they mean by isolation so here's what we mean you separate one thing from everything else that's what the dictionary says here's what they mean by isolation you separate the snot from the person and put it on a on a culture do you have to add stuff to even see it after that doc that that's... they can see it in a microscope that the culture cells die now we did a we did in a control experiment where we didn't put anything from anybody who was sick right right we just put the antibiotics the fetal calf serum and took away the nutrients and the culture died <laughs> and so that shows that it it doesn't even need something from somebody who's sick let alone that you have no idea what's in there you have no idea this is this is the definition of anti-science wow it, it is the de now here's the thing and you know when you say well this turns out not to be unique to viruses i have a, a list of things which modern science says are true but actually don't exist if if you if i can share my screen i'll show you the sure, list sure you want me to yeah sure whatever you want to do or with dr tom Cowan, he's going to now share a screen let's see if i can um see if i can get this i gotta change something here let me let me let me let me get the one that works For some reason i'm not getting oh there it is okay. you see it i got it now yes sir so here here's a partial list of things that we've all heard about that are supposedly exist or do what they say mm -hmm. that you can actually and i can go through some of these if you want sure that actually don't exist a lipid bilayer cell membrane ribosomes blood brain barrier endoplasmic reticulum golgi apparatus receptors on like opiate receptors or serotonin receptors mm. on cell membranes mm. 
Ner- nerves have synapses, right? You've all heard that. Turns out not true. Neurotransmitters, not they, there are no neurotransmitters. <laughs> Lysosomes, nuclear pores, immune system. We don't have an immune system. They made that up to convince you that there were viruses. Autoimmune disease, there's no such thing. They say DNA is the mechanism of heredity. It cannot possibly be true. They say that DNA makes RNA makes protein can't be possibly be true. They say the DNA is identical in all cells. It's not true. The Christe in mitochondria and finally the government uh, care about your well-being and the ability to understand logic or reasoning is in in most intact human beings. None of those are actually true. Now, th- this list you're showing us now, this is a list of things that you've come up with that they are said to be true that you can prove that do not exist, correct? Correct. Right. Or, or some of them are functions, like an immune system. Like an mu- immune system, right. Let, let me go through one of these. Sure. Okay. Ribosome. So here's a picture of a cell, right? Yes, sir. So you see, th- this is obviously not an actual photograph, right? This is a uh, a diagram. Somebody right. drew this. Right. So you can see the ribosome in the lower right corner, and then it sh- points to a circle, right? I see it. Got that? Mm-hmm. Every ribosome they picture is a perfect circle. Which means, obviously, it was a sphere in real life, because this is two-dimensional. Right? Okay. You with me? Uh, now, can I do that again? The sphere in real life? So, if you see something on a flat picture that's a circle, yeah, it had to have been, if, if it's in a cell, which is three-dimensional, obviously, it would have been a circle. I mean, a sphere. A sphere. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Right? Yep. Now, this ribosome is an important part of this whole story because ribosome is the place where the RNA is made into protein. They say we have thousands, millions of these little ribosome factories in our cells, and they convert the mRNA into protein, mm-hmm. right? mRNA, then RNA, then protein. Right. mRNA makes protein in the ribosome factories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so DNA make, is in the nucleus, they say. It makes RNA in the nucleus, they say. The RNA gets out of the nucleus and goes to the ribosomes, they say. And there it is translated into proteins, and that creates life. Right? Okay. That's what they say. That's what they say. Okay, now, every ribosome is a perfect circle, meaning it's a perfect sphere. Now, remember that the way the only way you can see a ribosome is with an electron microscope. Yeah. So here's pictures of it. Okay. You see those perfect circles. Now, remember that in order to get this picture, you had to do the following to a tissue, like, you know, whatever, an ovary or something, to, in order to see it. You had to grind it up in a blender, freeze it to 150 degrees below zero, 
stain it with heavy metals or do some sort of cryo freezing technique. Then you had to evaporate all the water from it and fix it embedded on a resin. And then you shine an electron beam at it, which gets rid, essentially turns it into a powder. And then you see this image, which is either a freeze frozen image or it's heavy metal stains. So this, you're actually seeing heavy metal stains. All those little black parts, Doc? Those little black parts, those are ribosomes. Hmm. Now, Patrick, if if I said to you, you take an orange and you put, that's a sphere, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And you put it in a blender, freeze it to 150 degrees, put heavy metal stains on it, get rid of all the water, turn it into a powder, and every piece of that orange is going to be a perfect circle. What are the chances of that? Uh, not a lot. Like zero. <laughs> right? Okay. So this is an artifact, meaning this doesn't actually exist. And in fact, a guy named Harold Hillman proved that these are just gas bubbles that come when you dehydrate and kill tissue, and they pick up stain or essentially freeze like this. And he proved that you can get this exact picture without needing any ribosome or any tissue that could possibly have ribosomes in it. And so here you see, again, the ribosomes lining the endoplasmic reticulum. They're all perfect circles like this. And again, so this cannot be a real structure. It is an artifact of the way that we look at and find find things in the cell. Now, the interesting thing about this So, you know what the word ribosome means? I have no idea. Right. Um, But here we're talking about the creation of proteins, which is the creation of the form of the organism. In other words, if you say, how was the human being formed? It was formed by proteins that uh, organized themselves into you. Right? That's what we mean. So what does a ribosome mean? It means the rib of the body. The rib of the body. Have you ever heard that, that the human being was formed from the rib of the body? Sure, in the Bible, the Adam and Eve thing. Yeah, Adam and Eve. Eve was formed from the rib of the body of Adam. Patrick, they're laughing at you. (laughs) They know there's no ribosome. They're mocking you and saying, yeah, we know that it's the rib of the body and we're going to say that the creation of structure is this little thing which is an artifact which can't possibly exist. Now, let me do another one here and you can do the same thing with all of these. So the (laughs) DNA is in the nucleus, right? That's what they say. And it makes RNA in the nucleus. Mm -hmm. That's what they say. Mm -hmm. And then the RNA gets out of the nucleus into the cytoplasm, the watery part, goes to the ribosomes and makes a protein called translation. So here's the question. And you you need to have a, a fact before that. If you stick a probe in the cytoplasm and the nucleus, 
you measure that the pH is different in the cytoplasm versus the nucleus, right? Okay. Well, you don't know that. You have to take my word for I, it. I, yeah, I believe you. Okay. That means the hydrogen ions don't freely diffuse from the cytoplasm to the nucleus, right? Otherwise, the pH would be the same. So the hydrogen ion is the smallest, quote, thing we know of. Yes. Now, an RNA is, let's say, a million times at least bigger than an RNA, uh, than a hydrogen ion, right? Okay. Right? And, and so it's made in the nucleus, and it gets out of the nucleus, but the hydrogen ion can't get in and out, otherwise the pH would be the same. So there's some barrier to the free flow of the hydrogen ions into and out of the nucleus. That's the only conclusion you can draw. So here's the question, Patrick. How do you let the RNA out of the nucleus without letting the hydrogen ions in? Or put it another way, how do you make a door that you can let elephants out without letting mosquitoes get in and out? That's the analogy or the metaphor for that. Yeah. <laughs> how do you do that? Difficult. It's <laughs> no shit. It's, it's difficult. So, so here's what they do. They say, well, uh, let's we're gonna make up a tube called the endoplasmic reticulum, right? You see it right there? I do. And that tube opens into the nucleus and attaches to the cell membrane, and the RNA can get out of that through the tube and crawl along and then go to the ribosomes, which are attached to the endoplasmic reticulum. Oh, so the mosquitoes right. don't get in or whatever. Yeah, the mosquitoes don't get in. But somewhere there has to be an opening to get out of, sure. into the ribosomes. Right. So they say, well, there there's this whirly gig. It's like the Coney Island sandwiches that go around in a circle and you put quarter in and it comes around and then you take the sandwich out it's been in there for a month or so and so it, they can't show you the whirly gig but it must be a whirly gig because otherwise how would it get out but where even then you still have the problem of why don't the mosquitoes get in the whirly gig well we don't know it's just something about it that keeps it out but here's the problem <laughs> If you look at a cell, you see the nucleus going round and round in circles, right? You can see that. Mm -hmm. And there's supposedly hundreds of these endoplasmic reticulum, which are like wires or tethers that attach the uh, nucleus to the cell membrane, right? So imagine you have a, a, a th something in the middle of a vat of water, and there's hundreds uh, uh, ropes that attach it from from the thing in the middle to the outside of the tank right you with me kind of and the thing in the middle is going round in circles mm -hmm. so how come that the ropes don't get all tangled up how does that work i know right <laughs> they, they, it doesn't make any sense so it can't possibly be true. This, this is an artifact, and again, Hillman proved that when you freeze the cytoplasm, the watery part, 
you get fracture lines that look just like this just because you froze the tissue. Just because so of the process, it, it, right? Just because of the process. Yeah, it's the process. Mm -hmm. And because they never bother to do a control, then they they think this is a real structure when if you just think about it, it makes no sense. Now, here's one more and then I'll, I'll I can move on from this. But okay. they say you have this nerve and the nerve goes, it has a body and then it has an axon, which is the tube. And then it ends in these gaps called synapses. Right. You've heard of that. Sure. And and the, the neurotransmitter swims across the synapse and goes to the other side attaches to the postsynaptic receptor and then you get the next impulse right that's the way it's told now, i wrote about this a long time ago that it, because they they said well how many synapses are there from the finger to your brain let's say 20 20 breaks and each one takes 0.05 seconds to cross now that's just the synapse that's not even the nerve part in which case, if you hear somebody say, move your tip of your finger, it takes at least three seconds before you move the tip of your finger. In other words, <laughs> right, yeah. one thousand one, thousand two, thousand three, boom. It, I can tell you if that's what's happening with you, there's something really <laughs> wrong with you. And, and so they... It, and the thing is, if you dissect the nerve, yeah. you don't see any breaks. There are no breaks. So I went looking for a picture of a synapse. So that's what I found. Now, that's obviously a, a computer-generated computer sure. image, yeah. right? Sure. Or how about that one? That's a really nice one. I like that one. Yeah, so there it is. But then I said, okay, I got to see... I. I spent hours looking for an actual photograph that would convince me there's such a thing as a synapse, and this is the best I came up with. So, <laughs> looks more like ribosomes, big ribosomes or something. You see that right in the middle? There's a, a, a letters that say S Y. Yes, that is the proof that there's synapses in nerves. And we and don't I know what that we I don't know said, what this picture is of uh, what is it's a, it's a nerve they say oh they they say it's a nerve hmm. and I looked at that and I said are you fucking kidding me <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's not a synapse that's just nothing that's a two dimensional bit of of heavy metal stain you there's no synapse there. Anyways. Okay, so uh, so let me go back to one thing. So you go back to that picture, that round one, you have all the ribosomes and the snakes and all of that. Maybe you go back there. So if we looked at something under a terrific microscope like Hubble or something, would we see this kind, these kinds of things or is this whole thing just made up? It's all made up, but I'll get to that. So here, what <laughs> do you actually see? Uh, you know, that's what you see. That's what you see. Now, what are the components? Uh, we've known about this for a hundred years. There's a very thin membrane. Mm -hmm. There's little. There's cytoplasm, which is organized water, like a gel. Mm -hmm. Now, it's interesting. The cell membrane. 
so if I asked you, does Jello have a membrane on it? I don't think so. I don't know. It's it's a little thicker at the edges, right? I guess, yeah. But it's not. There's no specific membrane. Therefore, there can't be receptors in membrane which have never been seen. You can't see a receptor. They made that up. So, but so, anyways, it's not really a membrane. It may use a little bit of fats to encase it. But you see, a, maybe a membrane, organized water like Jello. You see mitochondria. Those are the black dots, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And then you see a dome-shaped circular nucleus. That's it. Okay. Now, now, so what is the system? And this tells you everybody everything they need to know about life and health and illness. All you need to know is this picture. So we have a a pool of organized water that has a dome-shaped uh central component called a nucleus and then we think there's some sort of uh metallic antennas or or spiral shapes that protrude from that center dome that we really right? can't see but you you can't okay. you can't see them but but there's there is evidence that they do exist okay in other words antenna dome into water that's what we see. Okay? The white is the water? The white is the water. Okay. I'm with you. And then you see the dark nucleus? Yes, sir. That's always a circular dome shape, which is embedded into the water. I don't see the dome. I, I, you lose me on dome. Where's the dome? So take the... I, I can't... I don't have a cursor here. But okay. Take that center big one, yes, right? Mm-hmm. You see the, the membrane around it, the dark right. membrane around it. Mm -hmm. And then you see the light part. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of the light part is another dome shape, is a circular shaped dark area. Oh, in between the round in the middle and then the... the yeah. yeah the, okay. There's some domes in there? It, it, one dome. One dome. Hmm. No, there, there, so there's like 40 different cells here on this, on this picture. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, here's my cursor. Wait. Can you, you can't see it. Uh, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> difficult to see it. Look in, the, look in the very center of the picture. You see, uh, and, and focus on one round thing. There's a big one, one right in the middle. A big one. It's right in right, the middle. One right. One of 40, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. And you see, okay, you can see this, the, the, the dark uh, membrane around it, right? To encircle the, the cell, right? Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. And then you see a lighter part which has black dots in it or brown dots. Right. And then in, in the middle of that in, in, encircled area, you see another dark brown circle. Yes. That's the nucleus. Yes. That's all there is. That's the dome. Okay. That's the whole... It, it's, oh. hmm. Yeah, because it's a circle in two dimensions, so it must be either a sphere or a half sphere. Okay. Yeah, I hear you. Okay. You got it? Yeah. So <laughs> how does this work? 
how does uh, what we have the system is you the antenna downloads information from the world the ether the sun the moon mm -hmm. the field the thoughts the emotions the electromagnetic universe that we live in everything goes into this everything to one of the all of these at the same time yes mm -hmm. and then it gets picked up by the antenna mm -hmm. it gets it gets accentuated in the dome and then it gets downloaded into the water which then creates structure creates structure like what kind of it structure? creates proteins proteins the okay. proteins are created without any code besides the code from the sun and the moon and the electromagnetic field and our thoughts as well and our thoughts and our feelings right and, uh, the, and sound waves and light waves mm. and all kinds of stuff yeah now how do i know the water can make structure out of out of impulse right well, I can look at this. I can take a Petri dish of water and I can say, I can show it a wedding invitation and then I can freeze it and ask the water to tell me what it sees. Yeah, the work of, and what's her name? What's her name she did in that? Veda Austin yeah. did this. Fascinating. Now tell folks what this what you just said. It's crazy, okay? So she takes a Petri dish of water, just plain water. Yeah. And she sh gives it an impulse, like a, like a wedding invitation. She huh. puts it in the freezer. What do you mean an impulse? So. Uh, how does she, does the uh, wedding invitation touch the water or just on top of it? Yeah, she puts the Petri dish on top of the wedding invitation. Okay, on top of it. Wow. Or she asks it, show me a wedding. <laughs> now, you could say, why doesn't the water sing, here comes the bride? Yeah. And the answer is because water doesn't have a vocal cords or a voice box. Mm. But it can make crystalline structures out of the, you know, the ions and the, and the, and the structure of the water. So that's, what it, that's the medium. In us, it can make proteins and actual physical structures. Yes. And so the, it, it does this brilliant thing. It shows you a wedding ring, which now you know it's a wedding. And one of my favorites is she asked the water, what is falling down? Do you know the answer to that? I have no idea. No. Think about it. What is falling oh, down? You broken, ask the water. Broken leg or leg or something? Yeah, hmm. or rain or something. Oh, what, is, fall, oh, what is falling down that way? Okay, I was thinking to the body. Hmm. Right? What is falling down? Rain, rain. or leaves or something. Sure. But I guarantee when I show you what the water made, you will you will agree that it was right. Okay? Okay. What is that? London Bridge. Oh, it's a London Bridge. You're kidding me. Everybody knows London Bridge is it's falling, falling down. down. I mean, we know that. I mean, that's right. crazy. It's like, whoa. So, so what we're talking about here, if you go back to the circles with the water and how it all works, which you explained so eloquently, then it's easy to know that if we sit and ruminate over our paying our house payment and really worry about it, that it's in the body. Yes, you will make house payment 
angst uh, yeah. structures in your body, which is what we call disease. Yes. It's got to be in there, right? I mean, it just has to be in there. Yeah. You, you download information mm. from your mind and other people's mind and your right. dogs right. and everything. You turn that into physical structure through this downloading process, which is why you can see all illness either somebody messed up your water you know they put arsenic yeah. in your water or something or they put aluminum or glyphosate or you know nanoparticles and so your water is now unable to form healthy crystals or you put in uh bad information into your system yes it's very similar to how a radio works in order to have a radio you have to have proper wires and knob, knobs and all the rest. And, but the radio, we we think that the that the information that becomes the song or us talking is somehow inside the radio, but it's not. <laughs> it comes from the radio station. It's a it's a wave, you know, so called radio wave that your antenna downloads. And it goes into the structure, which is the radio, or in our case, it's the water. And that that turns it into an output, which in our case is a living organism. And in the radio, it's, uh, it's a piece of music. But here's the really interesting thing about this. So there's a lot of people who've said this. I won't get into this. Right. Um, look at that. You know what that is? Uh, Taj Mahal. Yes. Look, look, look at the components of this structure. Oh, you mean the antenna it's on got, the top? Sure. Got an antenna. Right. Then it's got a nucleus, hmm. and then it's embedded through electromagnetic bar columns, magnetic columns, into water to create something. Energy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or that. All these old antenna, structures years ago got these antennas, right? They knew something. They knew something. They were <laughs> they were collecting information from the ether yes, or energy. Energy. They were amplifying it in their domes. Yes. And downloading that into water. Yes. Or that. You don't see the water there, but it's there. Or that, they knocked off the antenna. It's always the same. Who built that? <laughs> yeah. And with what kind of machinery did they need to build it? An energy. Right. Yeah. Some kind of juice, right? So. Wow. And so it's not a stretch. Well, it's no stretch at all to even, uh, let me see if I can get you back here. Do the right one here. To, to, uh, um, conjecture that a soul in a body who believes that there's a virus called COVID could not produce something, symptoms, whatever. I mean, Here, here's the thing. Uh, the way it works is you have you have conceptions or thoughts, and the thoughts become actions and actions have consequences so here's a story there's a guy i knew 
so-called anthroposophical doctor 15, 20 years ago, I talked to him and I said, you know, there's no such thing as HIV and you should, and he spent his life treating AIDS patients with antiviral drugs. I said, they, they're, there's no evidence that there is even such a thing as HIV, and I could get into that, but I don't think yeah. we should get into that right now. Right. No, no. So his thought was he, he doesn't understand. He didn't know how they knew that or anything. So he, that's what he did his whole life. So he went through his professional life believing in viruses, right? That's why he used antiviral drugs. And naturally then when COVID happened, because he still believed in viruses, he ended up getting four shots. And after the fourth one, the second booster, a few days later found dead in bed. Yeah, wow. Now, here's the question. What was the cause of his death? Now, he, he was apparently perfectly fine otherwise. So one could say, well, it was the COVID shot. And because they have all this stuff in it and, caught, and lots of people having sudden death and and so either had a heart attack or something you know but i would contend that that's not what caused his death what caused his death was a lifelong belief in viruses causing disease because that led him to that his whole professional life was based on that and that led him to take the action naturally to try to quote protect himself against an imaginary virus so he did and that killed him right because it, it, it's a, a a long shot he didn't know whether the virus is going the the vaccines are going to protect against this imaginary thing so he didn't know he was unsure he didn't know he was unsure he, he adamantly believed yeah you know and wrote about it and you know uh, uh, <laughs> wow and and so that's the problem and that's why, uh, ultimately, I, I have come to the conclusion that you cannot treat anybody successfully as long as their framework of their life is what I would call delusional. I hear they, you. They, yes. Because they inevitably, you make what I would call stupid decisions. If you think there's viruses, you make things, you make decisions, obviously, to protect yourself, like stop your business and stop your seeing people and suffocating yourself and inject yourself with poisons, and then it kills you. And it wasn't just the mask and this losing your business everything, and yeah, everything. A lot of things, yeah. Those are those are consequences of your conception of reality well said that's why now i that's what i focus on yeah we we have i'm with you brother that's all we talk about here now is you know what you believe what you think is to be real and it is essentially it's simplistic but yeah it's it's make-believe it's make-believe the money is make-believe the wars are make-believe the you know the whole economic system is make believe it's and and you know it's it's really helped me to live <laughs> with animals because if you're a cat 
and you believe in make-believe predators and you you don't last long because <laughs> you're you're always nervous you know you and now i would admit that sometimes it's difficult to know what's real sure of course and so you ask people did you hear that noise no did you see that light no and I'm not saying that because other people believe it, that makes it true, right? That's not the case. But you can check your sensory input. You know, I know that you just made that sound up. Not that that sound is an alien attacking you. That may or may not be true, but uh, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm just, did you see that light? Mm -hmm. You see a tree. Yes, everybody sees a tree. That's how you do reality. And if you're not going to do that, you're going to make, you're going to get sick. Dr. Thomas Cowan is with us, Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. So, the, the big picture, this whole germ thing is built on, you know, three or four trillion dollar model they're never going to change, really. I mean, they're not going to buy, you know. So it's just, just up to us to live our lives the best we can and help others to see us all make believe. What else are we going to do? Yeah, I, I, I have very little confidence <laughs> in, in changing the system. Yes, sir. The systems are corrupt, bankrupt, impoverished, and unworkable. And so I don't believe I don't have any interest in suing people and any of that. What we need to do is more and more people have to commit to just all you really need to do is commit to finding reality. Even if you have no clue what's real or what isn't, my 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 sense of it is if you just say to yourself, I'm just going to do the best I can to to figure out what's real and what isn't. Mm -hmm. The world will start helping you out. Yes. It will give you more and more clues, and eventually you'll start to develop a realistic picture, and then things will go better and better for you. Mm -hmm. Your economics will get better. Your relationships will get better because they're based on, you know, actually real reality. Uh, and the more people we have, then we start building this, this, the structures and the ideas and the, 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 the foundation of a society that's based on reality. And I don't know how long that's going to take, but as far as I can see, that's the only choice there is. What else are you going to So what you're saying is that the reason that you have seen what you've seen is because you you were willing to let go with what you thought was okay and then ask, well, what's really going on here? And I'm going to look. And you you get information from everywhere to help you to find the truth. It just comes in, right? comes in. Yes, and you use a method. The method I, I, the method I use is first trust my senses, check my senses with other people that I know, mm -hmm. you know, like you. Do you see the tree? Yes. Hundred people see the tree. I I got the tree. Uh, and then if I if I can't get a sensory take, 
Then I do science. And when I do science, you have to validate every step you do. Otherwise, you get led astray. And then there's a third way, which is there's some things which you can't do either one of those. Like, does this person love me? All right. So then you have to base it on something like intuition or faith. And even then, you're always looking for evidence that your, your faith in this is incorrect or correct. Yeah. Like, you know, do they do the things that you associate with, with, with love. what a loving person would do? Right, right. Or do they, you know, put sand in your bed? You know, <laughs> right? Or so, so do you? you know, th this uh, this intuition would you? Is it is it a stretch for you to say that this is who we really are deep down as soul? If we call it soul, if you'd like to call that. You know, we we have all three of those capacities. We sense things. We can think about things rationally, mm -hmm. and we have this huge intuitive faith-based sense that there's something else going on here that i can't quite put my finger on but all i can say is i'm going to commit to trying to understand that more and more throughout my life right. and i can tell you everybody who does that finds out more and more about their life and what's real than when they started yes. everybody yes sir it works. It does work. It does work. You know, I'm a screenwriter now, and, and and I'll sit there, and I'll get kind of stuck on something, and I want to know what the best thing to do, and I'll just ask, you know. Well, what is... Yeah. I'll just ask and then do nothing. I won't think. And before yeah. you know it, Doc, as you know, you've, you've written a lot. It'll pop in there. It might not be yes. just the best one, but it'll be a, a, to go forward, yeah. and then you'll keep refining. It's what That's where... It comes from God, spirit, whatever. I don't yeah. know where it comes from. I mean, I have very specific... I remember there was a time <laughs> in this process I needed to talk to a pathologist to understand right. slides and right. how they made them. Right. And it can't just be anyone because most of them just have no clue. <laughs> so I, I just I just put it out to my angel. I need, I need a pathologist here. Two days later, this woman from France says, writes me an email... I've been listening to you. I'm a pathologist in France, and I have some questions for you. I said, fine, well, let's talk tomorrow. And I answered her questions, and she told me about how they made these slides that so I could understand yeah. these things that I'm showing you. And that's how it works. That's how it works. We all have these angels. People call them teachers or guides or whatever you want to call whatever. them. God, spirit, who knows? And every spiritual path really has talked about that, asking you shall receive, really, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. They, you know. <laughs> yeah. There's no mystery here. Well, you know, that's what's yeah. funny about all of this, too. It's all so simple, and it's actually so simple that most don't even want to go here because it's too simple. Right. It's just yeah. too. No, no. It's got to be more complicated than that. Got to be more complicated. You know, it, it, it's interesting. <laughs> Where we're at right now is having. The ability to explain this and the virus and all right. these other things very clearly. Yeah. It's, it, there's no real issue here. There's nothing to debate. There's, there's no scientific conundrum. <laughs> there's nothing. <laughs> the only thing we're left with 
is this question. People hear it and they say, how come all these smart people think something else? Exactly. Now, I would freely and openly admit that I don't know the answer to that question. One thing I've noticed is that I'm not so sure they're so smart <laughs> because they say, you know, I'm com this guy just, just the other day, I'm committed to not looking at the science to know whether there's virus. I know there are because my wife got sick and then I got sick. Right. So he is dedicated his professional he's a doctor right supposed to translate science into for his patients but he's committed to not knowing now i don't know about you but that doesn't seem very smart to me i mean that's weird uh other people seem in smart but i don't know there's something they get kicked out of the tribe they lose their it's 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 a very emotional psychological uh step that people just feel like they're too vulnerable or i don't know what yes, it is sir. it's it's so easy to take any kind of an idea or theory or image that we have believed is true and just not want to let go of it i mean it's like the human condition right it's like yeah yeah it's like, it's like the big one right yeah so that's <laughs> i i guess but but that's what's probably going through a lot of your listeners mind right this is really simple they can't find it anywhere like in th this way they say they find it doesn't make any sense at all it's like that's not how you would find a frog <laughs> by putting by grinding up the pond and seeing if you find a foot you know that's not you don't know that that's from a frog uh how come they don't get it how come the head of nih can't get it how come you know these great freedom fighters doctors they don't get it the founder of mrna he doesn't get it i don't know you have to ask them yeah it's like that's a thing so um so when we talk about diet and eating and all of that so it has to be true then that what we eat if we think it's good it's good if we think it's bad it's bad right no, no? i don't i don't actually like that at all okay yeah that, tell me what you think see th that that right there is the philosophy of nihilism nihilism meaning there's no truth there's no okay, reality there's no, truth. there's no good or bad the, yeah there are there's some no, foods that are better for us we know that right we know that. Yeah, yeah. There, here, here's the interesting thing about the philosophy of nihilism, which is really where all this comes from. Mm. So here, Patrick, I'm going to wag my finger at you. Okay. There's no such thing as right or wrong. And by the way, I'm right about that. <laughs> I got it. I get it. Yeah. Right? I get you. That's the only thing that's right is there's no such thing, thing as right or wrong. Right or wrong. Right which what they're saying is there's no objective reality right i'm the objective reality because i say it's right or wrong i say there's no right or wrong now that forces you into 
Well, if there's there's nothing good or bad, you can eat whatever you want. You can be whatever gender you want. You can be whatever, anything you want. It's all the same. It's only what I say that determines whether it's good or bad. And that is the foundation of totalitarianism. But isn't it true, though, that we all create our own reality? We know that, right? No. No? You don't think so? Is there viruses or yes or no? I don't think there are. There aren't. Right, but if you are talk... Are trees? But if you talk to... Patrick, wait, wait. Well, okay. Are there trees? I think there are. Are there or not? Yes. You didn't create the reality. There are trees. But would they be there if I didn't look at them? So that that is how you get confused. Once you start asking that question, that there is no objective reality, then you're on the path to nothing is real, so there might be viruses or not. Well, I think it could be argued this is a dream, just like our dreams are. I mean, I, I think so. I don't think this is real, real, real. I mean, the body, the body, the, it seems solid, but even quantum physicists, the Sheldrakes in the world, they all know that the body is not really solid. It just appears solid. I mean, this gets a little geeky, but... that Well, first of all, most of quantum physics should be in that list of things <laughs> that aren't real. <laughs> All right. Okay. We could get into that too, but yeah, but including Sheldrake, uh, even though he does have some good things to say, right? But the problem is, it's it's not. I'm not saying it's not complicated, but ultimately, you see what this is leading you back to is there is a kind of ultimate reality there, God, and yes. And that, that's where we're going with this. Yes. Whereas the other way ha leads you away further and further from that, that you're the only one who can create reality. Therefore, you become God. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I never assumed that. Maybe I just missed. But then you create your own reality. I create my own. And we get along if we choose to hang out. Uh, but you don't create reality. You you can believe in what you believe in, but you don't create the reality. The reality is given in the world. Oh, so, so you're suggesting that if all souls would just leave Earth everywhere, that this reality would still be here. <laughs> <laughs> That's a complicated question. Um, but I can tell you that... that the idea that we can create whatever we want and call it real is sort of the foundation of where we went wrong. That's why we created viruses and well, endoplasmic yeah. reticulum. Well, maybe we just created the wrong stuff because we, you know, went to school, you know. That's partly true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, as far as the food, though, I'm. it, it must be important that um, you're comfortable with what we're eating as that could mix up the works, right? I mean, we have to have some kind of sense right. of, right? 
again it for me it comes back to what is real food yeah real food comes from nature mm. and is usually processed in a sort of way like cabbage we make it into sauerkraut right. etc right. so uh, generally speaking, when people eat real food, they do well. When people eat fake food or human engineered, again, from this position of humans know best. So therefore, I make plant-based meat or, right. you know, fake food, which has so-called genetically modified organisms in it. Hmm. Um so that's not real food or doritos not to harp on doritos that's not real food that's manufactured food it comes from the idea that what we're what is there is no reality there's no nature creates carrots or sheep or you know apples the more we see that is what real food that nourishes real people the better we'll do. Sure. The more confused we are with that, that you can manufacture based on your ideas of what vitamins or minerals or amino acids you need, uh, then you always screw it up. Hmm. Nature always wins at the end. I've been looking more carefully at more animal-based kind of stuff, a keto, carnivore, you know, that kind of and less carbs, yeah. and sure feel really good with that. Um, do you think me yeah. meat and less carbs is a more species-appropriate diet? Animal foods? Uh, I mean, it's, it's interesting, although my take on it is there's no successful human cultures that I know of that mm -hmm. only ate animal foods. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, it's, it's to me, it's more of a I base it on that. All the human cultures that did well, you know, Weston Price stuff, yeah. they all ate everything. Carbs, rice, whatever, whatever. Potatoes. Everything. Potatoes. But, the, you know, they obviously didn't eat everything that we eat. Right. They ate everything that was and not necessarily, you know, you can get into grains and potatoes and stuff. They ate what was growing and abundant in their area. And... That's what I do. Hmm. Seafood seems would have been a big part as people would tend to live near the water just because. Yeah. 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 And land food when they didn't. Mm -hmm. It's it's not very complicated. <laughs> land food you when they didn't. ask the question, <laughs> what plants and animals <laughs> and minerals are living in your area? Mm -hmm. And then you you know so-called sustainably like all animals do harvest them right you take out some you make sure there's enough that the antelope still survive and you go on like that it's not that difficult and you pull out some tubers and some leaves and some fruits and I don't see why I would deprive myself of those kind of things. You don't see any reason to cut out those things at all. I mean, I don't, unless I have some direct experience, if I eat a tuber, I feel terrible right, that right. I wouldn't eat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But otherwise, I, 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 you very rarely have people with that experience. It's more 
intellectually they think they shouldn't eat it, but what they really shouldn't eat is, you know, sprayed potatoes or something from the store, mm -hmm. made in Idaho, sprayed, etc. That's not real food. Yeah. Mm. Uh, as I've been eating more meat, I, I still get the whole thing about from people on Facebook and other places and hear about killing things to survive. Can you speak to that a little bit just to help soften that up for people who don't want to kill things? You can't live without killing things. You kill carrots, you kill beets, <laughs> you kill sheep. Cows. Yeah. And, you know, it's just it's part it's a it's a overly to me sentimental way of living uh and you know in in life when you see when you see cats kill their their mice they and eat torment them. them and eat them and they torture them they throw them up in the air they let them run around they get them again they torture them it's terrible it's, it's like Pumpkin, just kill it and eat it, for God's sake. <laughs> no, he's going to torture that little mouse. So, yeah, it's it's sad, you know, and having raised animals and then, I mean, we didn't kill them ourselves, but, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, there's, there's sadness in this process, for sure. But, I mean, that's, we're part of this world and life and death, you know, it, it just keeps going on and we're, part of that whole process and I think we better get used to it and everybody's eating something right even bacteria or whatever or they're all yeah. they're all eating something yeah and they're killing stuff yeah what about your ideas before we go a couple other things on 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 parasites you know people get all up and want to kill these guys and but if we really look at it wouldn't it be a even a better idea to think that these guys, everybody's going to get along eventually and we don't need to go in and try to kill parasites. Something. If you imagine that model, so you have the, the you know the gel water, right? And got to be the perfect crystal. That's where we're headed. You could say, you know, people have called that like Christ consciousness. That's the perfect crystal in the water. Now, if you put some some arsenic in there, you distort the fibers. Right? Should be like this, right. and now it's like this. So the parasites come in and eat the arsenic. And so that you can restore your crystal to a more perfect form. Mm. And then we in our wisdom come and kill the parasites with ivermectin and stuff. And now you're got, uh, you've got the metal, the arsenic's still there because you killed what was eating it. You've got the poison from the killing stuff that's now in your gel. So you used to have one problem, now you got two. So you just say, let it be, and things will work itself out with the right nutrition. And stop po poisoning yeah. yourself with arsenic. Yeah. Then you, then the parasites go away. Mm -hmm. Because it, that's not the world we're living in, which is that the world is, the bacteria are not out to get you. They, if your tissue is dying, they help you out by recycling it. They eat your dead and dying tissue. They're not infecting you. There's no evidence that you can take a bacteria and make somebody else sick or an animal. 
No, it just doesn't happen. Never happened. They only eat, same with parasites. They eat dead and dying tissue. Parasites in particular eat poisons. Here's an email from Julie wants to know, uh, my mom got the jab and she's not feeling well. Does Dr. Cowan know anything that I could do to help her detox from this? I mean, people ask that a lot. Yeah. A, we don't really know what's in them, so it's impossible to say. I, I would say that um, it goes back to this question of consciousness, and somehow these people who have this experience need to use it as an, a, a lesson in you've got to see the world differently. Mm -hmm. Once you see the world differently, then you can ask for help and something will come drink comfrey tea you know whatever whatever yeah and it'll work but if you can't do that step you're blocked and you know there's no telling you're not going to do the same thing all over again so this really is a spiritual awakening all of this stuff it is it, it right it Got is a be. spiritual awakening and there's no other choice but that. And if you're not willing to do that choice, you've got a problem. Wow. Well, here we are. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. It was fun, really. Great stuff. And uh, So what are you up to now besides the cats and the growing the food and... Well, what do you do? What's not? What's Just fighting with people? <laughs> Doing what? You know, I fight with people. Like over what? Over the germ thing? Yeah, and all kinds of stuff. Uh, but I, I, I'm. <laughs> I think I might write another book about what's the. I I, I ran it by a friend of mine. Uh, the book would be what's real in biology, and it'll be two hundred blank page, <laughs> and then the last page. Right. It's all bullshit. Yeah, it's all be a, I see where Lanka's kind of really getting into the whole soul, mind, body, spiritual aspects. We put a video on our front page. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Stefan's great. Yeah, Stefan's great. All right, sir, well, thank you. It's an honor to have you here, drtomcowan.com. You can get some of his cool powders through One Radio Network on the front page. You take care and have yourself. I'm sure we'll have a nice, maybe after the first of the year, we'll be back after talk stuff all right patrick you hang in there i love you sir thank you we appreciate it bye-bye 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 it is tom cowan patrick timpone one radio network.com what fun huh you know i'm going to just take a little break and uh, go to the boys room and then come back and we're going to i don't know we're going to talk about stuff i have a clean shirt on might as well do something you know what i mean yeah we'll hang out for a few minutes huh it's a nice day Okay, so we'll take a break, and then just five minutes, I'll be right back, and I don't know, just feel like chatting it up with you. Uh, email Patrick, OneRadioNetwork.com. That was great stuff. Dr. Cowan, wasn't it? Yeah, man, good stuff. He's fun. Okay, so um, I'll see you in about five minutes. That'll be at uh, 11.30 Central Time, so stay right here. Stay right here. Don't go away. Well, you can, but... You know. You might miss something cool. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.